Hi, in this episode of IB Matters, we talk to Kurt Carlson, a trainer in the IB Educators Network known as IBAN. We will hear how the IB uses a cadre of current teachers who take part in continuous professional development as trainers for the entire network of IB teachers in schools across the globe. It is their work as IB educators that ensures the IB principles and practices are in place in every IB school. Kurt lays out the benefits of becoming an IBAN member, both for the teacher and their homeschool communities. Stay tuned to see how you might become a part of this important work helping train the next generation of IB teachers and leaders. Welcome to IB Matters, a podcast for those who currently teach, lead, attend, or are interested in international baccalaureate IB schools. Welcome to IB Matters. This is John Peterson. Today I'm here with uh, Kurt Carlson, who is currently a design teacher uh, and has been a, an MYP coordinator, and he is also a member of something called IBN, the IB Educator Network, and that's in fact the subject of our discussion today. So I'm going to go ahead and say hi, Kurt. Hi, John. Uh, and so would you please introduce yourself to the audience and tell us a little bit about um, how you got where you are now and your role in IB? Certainly. Uh, my journey in IB started way back in 2006 when a middle school that I was working at, uh, teaching science actually, uh, applied to be an IB middle years program school. Uh, we were authorized. And uh, at that point in my career, I was really looking to do something different than what my neighboring teacher had done when I first started teaching. And uh, IB, the structure of IB is really what caught my attention early on. Uh, so after teaching uh, IB middle year science for three years, uh, I had an opportunity to become that school's coordinator. Uh, and that's been a wonderful uh, transition in my teaching career to be a coordinator of a middle years program where I had the opportunity to uh, apply and uh, got accepted into the IB educator network. So uh, after that, um, I found myself uh, switching jobs and uh, currently I'm teaching a design course, which at Hopkins North Junior High in uh, Hopkins, Minnesota. Uh, is taught by science teachers. So my science background uh, got me uh, in here, so to speak, uh, as well as I believe my previous experience with the middle years program because Hopkins North is an authorized MYP. Uh, We're coming up on our first evaluation visit, so we've been authorized for four years. Next year will be our fifth, Um, so I've been helping with that as well. So let me just add a little bit to your biography. Um, Kurt is also, for our our listeners, he is currently the president of our Minnesota Association of Ivy World Schools board. I think he's been president for maybe four years. This is his third year going on fourth. He's he's going on fourth year. Um, Also, I just always tell this story when I introduce Kurt to people, or I often do, uh, is that I first met Kurt as a science teacher. I was also a science teacher, and his school was ahead of us by a couple of years in their MYP journey. And I went over to literally watch what it looked like when a science teacher taught MYP. And the the young man that I witnessed in there was Kurt Carlson uh, teaching earth science, I believe, and had an MYP lesson that kind of blew me out of the water. I was like, wow, that's what it's supposed to look like. And it's, it's true. It, he, he did it well. He does it well. And uh, he comes at it with a real integrity and, and a uh, intentional um, 
uh, process. So, um, yeah, Kurt. So, um, like I said up front, we're here today. This particular episode is to talk about the IB Educator Network. A lot of our listeners, I noticed in our early followers and subscribers, include uh, people who already know about the IB. And uh, But we always encourage uh, engaged people like those listening to this podcast to apply for it. If they're not already members of the IB Educator Network, um, if you could talk a little bit of what about what it is and and how it works and how people can get involved. Certainly. Uh, the IB Enrolls, so IB Educator Network, uh, is a group of educators that work in authorized IB schools in all programs. So when you think about who uh, comes to schools and does uh, everything from site visits to workshops, um, verification visits, author or uh, evaluation visits. Um, when if you've ever gone to an authorized IB workshop uh, at a location, uh, those are IBN trained workshop leaders. Right. Uh, so depending on their subject area, uh, the IB organization will put out a call. Uh, to the IB community, uh, if they have a need, let's say for uh, science teachers um, to teach or to to lead workshops, right? They'll they'll open up an application period where you can uh, fill out a fairly brief uh, explanation uh, application. Yep. Uh, and then it may not get accepted. I had to apply twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fairly competitive. Uh, there's usually only about twenty to twenty five. Uh, applicants selected for a particular class. Uh, but once you are selected, then you start a um, an online component to the training. Right. So there'll be about four weeks of online training, and then they will have the face-to-face training coincide with another author, um, uh, authorized IB workshop at, right. at a location. So you get to see other workshop leaders uh leading a workshop, right. and then you come back and we do other sessions um, Yeah, let me just um, mention also uh, that I am myself an IBAN member, and I went through this process, and I think around 2013, 2014, and you're right about the application. It was pretty uh, pretty brief, but I, it, I could tell by the questions that they wanted to know my you know, sincere engagement, my interest, uh, why I wanted to do that. Uh, my particular class, as you said, uh, what are there about two classes a year, three classes a year? It varies depending okay. on what the IB's needs are, but yeah, so, usually yeah, my, two to three. Yeah, my particular class was in Phoenix uh, in the summer, <laughs> so I do remember going outside, you know, to 112 degrees uh, on breaks. Um, but it went on. Uh, as I had, I was, I think, also one of the early cohorts to have that online component. Mm. So I did spend quite a few hours going into it. So we already knew a little bit about each other. But then we had the face to face, which really kind of closed the deal for me. Yeah, last summer I had uh, a great opportunity to lead an IBN uh, workshop. So as that was my first experience leading that. Because um, when I went through, they had so you train the trainers. Yeah, I trained okay. the trainers. So. Uh, that was uh, that was an interesting learning experience for myself as yeah. well. So. Well, you mentioned that right there. That's one of the big reasons to join Ivan is that it's the best staff development you'll get personally. So you kind of think of it as a role of giving back to the IB, but ultimately, like a lot of things that are service and and geared toward helping others, you find yourself the recipient of. Like you, I've heard you say it yourself, it's the best PD I've ever had. Yeah, hands down. Um, you know. It's always challenging to find the right professional development for every teacher in a particular school. Right. Uh, 
and I would say this is absolutely the epitome of what I've always looked forward to when it comes to professional development because all of the site visits, for example, are based on the standards and practices in, in every program. Uh, so when it, you know, when I get asked uh, sometimes by uh, other teachers or administrators, you know, like, what is it that I get out of it? I get tons of experience and firsthand examples of how schools are implementing the standards and practices, and in my case, particularly the, uh, the middle years program. Um, how other schools are doing that. Currently, I've, I'd have to double-check my count, but I'm right around 29 or 30 schools that mm-hmm. I've visited right. over the years. Um, never in a million years would I have admit, imagined that I would have the opportunity to get to 30 other middle schools and see how they're implementing MYP. Right. That's just not something that schools typically budget for, maybe one or two right. for a select group of administrators if they're investigating the program. Right. right. Um, so to have that opportunity has truly been the best professional development, I would say. I've well, ever I, had. I would agree with that. I think from my own experience, uh, when I um, when I became an IB educator, I was close to retiring from, from being a science teacher, and I did, in fact, do one uh, science teaching uh, workshop, you know, the 15-hour IB level category one workshop in science. But I realized that in my current role as the director of the Minnesota IB Schools Association, uh, I'm a better fit as a site visitor. And it really informs my work in Minnesota when I go to schools in other parts of the country uh, and see how they're implementing MYP and how they're adhering to the standards and practices of the IB middle years program. Um, my count's much lower than yours. It's under 10, but it's somewhere around eight or so, eight or nine. And, still still and, a great uh, Yeah, and it's a great experience. And, and uh, those of you that are interested in doing IBAN, I think it's it's one of the ways, if you're scared of being that person up front, there's these other roles, including this one, which is site visitor, that I think is a great fit for the right person. I, for me, that's the one I really um, gravitate towards. Absolutely. And it, it would probably make workshop leading in any subject area um, – a bit easier if you had visited a few schools uh, right. before you uh, led a workshop because often people that are at workshops wonder how to do MYP in a particular subject area. Uh, and if you've had the opportunity to uh, visit a couple schools before leading a workshop, at least you'd have some more reference points than just your own school. Right. And I think in the future, we'll have a podcast about the site visit, preparing for the site visit. What are kind of the nuts and bolts? How does a site visit look to the people that are being visited? Um, And, you know, just a quick version of, or uh, uh, quickly to address that is the fact that as a site visitor, you do uh, interview all the subject area teachers, or at least all the subjects and teachers in each of those subjects. And so when you look at the standards and practices, you're talking to the art teachers, you're talking to the science teachers, you're talking to the music teachers about how they implement these practices. So you become more of a generalist, Uh, even though I was a science teacher in my background, I've learned a lot in my site visiting. Absolutely. And especially if you have the opportunity opportunity to go on an evaluation visit, depending on where your school is at in your evaluation cycle, uh, you bring back a lot of experience with just the process itself, Mm -hmm. uh, which if you've gone through the evaluation process is easily a year and a half to a two year process process Mm -hmm. building up to it. Everything from getting your building quality curriculum uh, units submitted to IB, getting that feedback, working on uh, all the the documentations to upload by certain dates. So, 
uh, it's a it's a fairly lengthy process, and if you've experienced that process um, more, mm-hmm. it just makes it a lot easier. Right, right. Um, you and I were talking before we uh, started recording this that um, there's some differences. There's some ways, like if you're a PYP um, educator, a middle years program or a diploma program or a career-related program educator, there's slight differences in how IBIN works. Um, can you just kind of tell us about kind of the base level of training that happens and then whatever you know about the programs you haven't been engaged Certainly. in? Certainly. Uh, in the last few years, IB has switched to uh, kind of two levels of uh, initial training for IBIN members. Uh, at first, um, you would be trained to do site visits, uh, mm-hmm. both evaluation and verification visits, uh, as well as leading workshops in whichever uh, subject area you work in. If you're a coordinator, you can certainly uh, lead headed school and coordinator workshops, categories one, two, and three, uh, probably starting with a category one or two. Um, After that, uh, when IB has the need for more advanced roles in the IB Educator Network, they'll put out a call again for people to apply to the advanced level, which would include being trained on how to be a consultant for schools that are kind of just in the candidacy phase. So right. you'd be working with the school all the way up through their ver- uh, authorization, uh, application for authorization, um, as well as a team leader role. So every site visit has a team leader and team members. Um, initiative development will prepare you in order to be a team member. Advanced mm-hmm. uh, training will uh, teach you how to be a team leader. Right. So far, I've been a team member, but I'm I'm, ga- I'm gaining confidence. Uh, I may soon be a team leader, or at least apply to it. Uh, IB has this cool term called upskilling. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's not just their term, but when IB uses that term, I always I, I get a little chuckle because uh, you know I'm gonna up my skills. So it's upskilling. Is that a verb? I guess. Yeah, and yeah. it is. And as you know, changes in the IB structures um, come out. Uh, for example, the new standards and practices. Um, right. The first people that need to be upskilled, so to speak, are site visitors, workshop leaders. So IBIN members usually get advanced looks at right. many of these changes. So again, another another reason to kind of be on the in and not wait for the general release of information. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been quite helpful to have kind of advance access yeah. to it's, any it's, of these changes. It's a little bit like insider trading. Uh, you you kind of know things yeah. beforehand. In fact, sometimes the IB has to warn us coordinators yeah. that we shouldn't be sharing this information broadly because we want to just get in and implement it with our own schools. Correct. But those of you working in an individual school, you'll definitely know more because you're an IBAN member and you'll know it before other people. I just got, you probably got an email recently too from the IBAN folks that there's some upskilling uh, online things going on next uh, September, is it, that starts? You got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So are you going to be leading some of those? So you might be my teacher. Uh, I don't know as of yet, but I'd hope to be. You could end up being my teacher, which would be scary. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. So um, if you're a, a school leader and you, you've got people in your building, you're an MYP um, school already or a DP school or a PYP school, um, what can you expect to find? You know, you've got IBAN members in your staff. Like, for example, you're an IBAN member within the staff of this school. Um, what What are you going to find as a school leader when you encourage your teachers to become IBAN? Because I know there's a little bit of an issue. Sometimes people go, well, 
they're not in the building for a day or two days because they're going to go off and do a training. And so I, I often hear there's a bit of a conflict. But what what's the benefit to, the say, the school leader principal uh, to having someone in Iben in their building as a teacher? Well, the the number one advantage that any school that has Iben members on staff is just the de- uh, depth of knowledge. Yeah. So to understand the complexities of the processes uh, for an evaluation visit, for example, mm-hmm. uh, to have somebody that's led or been a part of a team uh, doing evaluation visits in other schools, when it's your school's time to go through those same processes, you don't miss a beat. You know exactly the processes that should be occurring. You know the types of evidence that will be looked for. You know the types of questions that will be asked. So your your level of preparation is just tremendously higher than if you have no insight to that or if there are no other MYP schools around you to ask those questions of. Mm-hmm. So it just gives you a lot of firsthand experience. And I would say most administrators that I've talked to, when they understand that, you know, the the question always is for teachers, you know, the release time. So the school is going to be responsible for paying the sub coverage. Right. But that's the only cost right. that the school I was, incurs. I was make that point. You know, for the price of a sub, the, all the staff development, which you would send someone to, would cost several, you know, seven, eight hundred dollars or more plus travel. Absolutely. Um, and, and for the price of a substitute, which here in Minnesota is in the neighborhood of one hundred and fifty, hundred and seventy dollars a day, um, for that price, you're getting free staff development and an expert in house who often ends up leading workshops in house. So the efficiency of the dollar spent yep. is. I'd say extremely higher than just paying a person to go to a workshop to learn right. some knowledge, right? which is always great also. But I've always made the point of if we're going to approve spending more money to send people to a training, uh, how about we spend less money and get more Ivan trained people right. to different schools to see how they're doing the same things. We're under the same standards and practices yep. uh, as MYP schools. So, uh, that's the beauty of the standards and practices. You mm-hmm. are all operating under the same um, guides, uh, but there's many, many ways, as you know, to accomplish uh, these different standards. So it's always good to have lots of examples and experience seeing how the different standards and practices yep. are actually played out. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, bottom line, if you're a principal, Encourage your teachers, uh, you know who they are, Absolutely. who should become IBAN members. They're the ones that are going to lead uh, lead you through this uh, journey of being a, a really solid uh, MYP or DP or CP or PYP school. Yeah. Um, so I want to just have you do, um, oh, yeah, go ahead. One, one thing I just wanted to point out here also was uh, if you're interested in more information about the IB Educator Network, uh, if you go to ibo.org, uh, that'll be IB's main homepage. Yep, and I'll put a link in our in our notes for this podcast as okay. well. Yep. Thank you. Uh, if you scroll all the way down to the bottom to the blue banner on the bottom, there's a link called Jobs and Careers. When you click on that, uh, there will be a few things that you can click on, but you'll find a blue circle that's labeled IBIN. If you click on that, then you'll see uh, a lot more detail, and there'll be links down the left-hand side as far as um, 
the different IBIN roles and the different IBIN role requirements. So you can get a lot more detail by going to the IBO.org website and following those That's links. That's great. Thank you. And that'll save me some time in our in our uh, wrap-up here about going to our website. Um, so this has been a great conversation. I think it's really informational uh, for those that are thinking about this. Um, so, Kurt, would you make your final pitch to, to someone? What's, what's your closing argument for becoming an IBAN member? <laughs> well, I don't think you'll find any better staff development. Um, it's so often uh, the conversation when schools have staff development days, it's almost a, a, a bad joke of, you know, how bad is it going to be? Uh, and I think we can do better than that. Um, mm-hmm. When when you have the knowledge and expertise of the content that IBIN members do, uh, even initial development to being a site leader and a, uh, I'm sorry, a workshop leader and a site visitor, um, that's a tremendous amount of knowledge that you can bring back to your school. Absolutely. So uh, if that's going well and you want to continue and, and go to the advanced training, you'll just increase your depth of knowledge. So having worked with IBIN since... Uh, early 2011 um i i i've found myself to be one of those people that always is kind of looking for the next challenge so there will be many levels of challenge Mm -hmm. and you can you know kind of push it as far as you want so right uh, bottom line is that it's the best staff development that i've ever gotten in 21 years Let's make that our closing argument. That's good. Thank you very much, Kurt. Well, I want to thank you for the conversation. Uh, Like we said, I'll have uh, links on our podcast notes. Uh, Our podcasts uh, are available for... uh, on all the sites now, so you'll be able to pick them up on uh, Apple Podcasts and Google Play and so on. I'm not sure where you're listening to it now, but listen to us. Uh, please uh, subscribe to our other podcasts and also hit like and send links uh, to your to your acquaintances and friends in this area because um, we believe that this is a great way for um, IB practitioners to kind of learn more, um, and we thank you for your time. Thank you, Jim.